Hello and welcome to Let the Good Dice Roll. My name is Brendan and I am joined by... Christina! And possibly a... Oh, hey guys, what's up? It's Julia. So, Fuckers we are... just started recording in my living room. I guess we're doing this now, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're doing this. So this is going to be episode 22 of our retrospective on a two and a half year long Exalted campaign where the we will finally one day answer the question of how many D10s do you have to roll to punch a god? No, not to punch a god. To punch God. Are we talking about the sun god or just... No, no, like capital G, capital O, capital D God. I mean, what's his character sheet look like? I don't know yet. I, I have to I make wanna, it up. I want to invest all my points in lore and now I want you Welcome to tell me about character 22, sheet. where we offend every Christian on the planet in the opening. Hello, we're going to punch God. I mean, that's literally how every single Shin Megami Tensei game ends. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's not been done before. All right, so we are finally back with uh, my campaign after the Sasuke retrieval arc. I'm going to just keep using that. I think that is actually a canon arc of Naruto, but we're, we're out of the training arc series. I, I don't even want to go into what I know about Naruto because... Goku has finally landed on planet Namek and no longer is in the space capsule. You can't see it, but I'm giving Brendan a very weird look. I'm literally trying to think of filler arcs, and I literally cannot think of anything. Because oh, the entirety of season two of the original Sailor Moon anime. Okay, there the we go. The Anna Ale, like, that never happened. Where they had to give uh, Mamoru fucking amnesia so he forgot who he was, and then they and made him- And he fell in love with that one chick. Yes, and then, like, the fucking Moonlight Night bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, on a, some level, he knew who he really was, but he couldn't admit it. Yeah, so instead of being Tuxedo Mask, he just went hyper-racist and became a ninja from the Middle East. That's that, the thing that happened. <laughs> what? This is the weirdest shit that has... This is the weirdest shit that has happened on this podcast, and I once asked if you'd rather fuck an android or be fucked by an android. <laughs> Do we actually get started? Or? Yeah, let's actually get started. Okay. So, as Brendan said, we are back to his campaign. Thanks for sticking with us through three episodes of, you know, an abyssal arc that it kind of runs can into this one. Um, so thanks. So we'll get back to this. This session starts Sunday, July 22nd, 2018. Uh, oh, so wow. We took a month off for that. Yeah. Wow. Because we had to figure out who was going to be playing... Where we were going to be playing, yeah. what was going to be going on. Okay, we had to yeah. like rewrite a lot of stuff because we lost... Uh, John and Craig. Yeah. So, we wake up. I say we. I'll get to we in a moment. We wake up in a room. It's a white room. Everybody is tied to wooden chairs with silk ropes around them. Around the people, not around the chair, but also around the chair. Uh, they're tied down with silk ropes. So you've got uh, Kalani, which is Joe's PC, because Joe decided to try and play with us. It His... lasts... Spoilers, it lasts for one session. It lasts for this session. His character's name was Voice of Jubilation. Uh, you had Britt's character, which is named Nyx the Spirit Shepherd. I'm just spoiling names now, because it's just easier going forward. You had Julia's new character, which was Lioness. And then you had uh, my character, which was Storm. So we all end up, well, uh, I say all. All the ladies are able to get out on their own. Storm contorts her way out because snake style. Brit uses her artifice word to make a knife and cut her way out. And then uh, Julia's character, Linus, has razor clothing, so to speak. I'll get elaborate that in a second to cut herself out. And uh, Kalani, or voice, or jubilation, or whatever he wanted to go by, was kind of like, guys, um, help. So we had to manually get him out. After we get out, there's this little gnome that comes into the room, and he's from the Opal Court. He was sent by the queen, fucking Faye. Literally a fucking Faye written there. Yep. <laughs> if you haven't remembered by now, Storm doesn't like the Faye. I don't think Christina likes Faye. Oh, no, I love Faye. I really? find Faye... every game we've ever played with you and Faye is involved, you're just like, fuck Faye! I mean, where are you guys at in my campaign? Fair. I actually really like Faye. I find them extremely interesting. They just tend to fuck my characters over a lot. So my characters just tend to not like Faye. 
You know but what? Christina loves Faye. But fair. You know yeah. what? Fair. Uh, so we, he takes all of us out of the room and to, uh, Narencia, the Spark of War, which is the Opal Queen. By the way, JoJo reference! In case I didn't actually mention that. I don't know if you Also, the irony of that is that because that, that is a JoJo reference from part five, which is where... Which is why I, ha- oh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> right. But part five is where the, the art style really hyper switches over to... Um, from big, beefy, tree trunk leg men and, like, beefcakes rolling around. To Twinkland? In, into tw- yes, into Twinkland. Into very uh, pretty, uh, at a point, hyper-androgynous men uh, doing psychic combat. Um, I thought, until literally the anime for Part 5 started coming out, that Narentia was a girl. It did not hit me until halfway through uh, reading the manga as that I'm being told that, like, part five is coming out and I'm trying to catch up on it. That Narantia is a dude. I had no idea. So, yeah, that's why that I gave the queen a guy's name. Gender is a construct. Gender is a construct to the fae. It does not I matter. Mean, yeah, fae. Like, you want to look like what you want to look like. Who cares? Anyways, uh, so we go and meet uh, Narencia, the Spark of War, the Opal Queen, and she, I don't remember what reasons she gave for why she had everybody else there. I know she mentioned that she rescued Storm as a repayment to Behemoth for everything he had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had the other ones there because they had, in some way, found their way into the Feywilds, and, you know... Having solars could be indebted to her, could be useful. She did it as a repayment. Storm yes, for nothing. you, she did it as a repayment. For the other ones, <laughs> she did it as... I might be able to use you someday. I might be able to use the fact that I saved your life one day. One day. That day never comes, but that's fine. We find out that the King of the South is up here visiting, which was an interesting thing to find out. So, to lap- The King of the, uh, one of the courts in the South. I just have King of the South. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it, they probably just called him the King of the South, but it's technically a, a king, fey court. Yeah, a fey, it's technically the King of the Fey Court in the South. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead real quick and elaborate on this before I move on. Uh, so Julia's character, Lioness, uh, she fights with bladed bandages. It's basically soul steel with Orchalcum. Well, I, I'm just going to say Orchalcum because I'm so used to saying it. Yeah. That. Because I found out that's not actually how you pronounce it. It's supposed to be orichalcum. Yeah. I, what the bullshit? Yeah. Yep, I looked it up online after they mentioned it in Dragon Quest, and it is orichalcum. Because it is an actual Greek word. Yep. We have been pronouncing it that way for years because that is how Joe pronounced it. Yeah. It's orichalcum. I know. Right? But I, I... You guys can't see the, like, the pure confusion on my face right now. I'm so used to Orichalcum, so I might switch back and forth. I don't Orichalcum know. is not how I learned it from Joe. I learned it from reading it in other books. And that's how I pronounced it. It is technically pronounced Orichalcum. Orichalcum? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. If you look it up online and do a pronunciation for it, it's Orichalcum. My world hurts. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she has these bladed bandages that kind of wrap around her, and she, that's her weapon that she uses. The best way to describe her fighting style is, if you have seen My Hero Academia... Aizawa's scarf, essentially. It, it is Aizawa's scarf. Yeah, but it's like... But it's made over. of blades. Yeah, it's all and not and, and not gonna just hug you. Uh, and Storm tells the group that her name is Sky because she doesn't know these fuckers, and she's in Feyland, and not okay with it. So she's going by Sky, which still works for her overall name. I mean, for all that she knew, the rest of the group at the table were, were fey constructs. Yeah. You so. know what? It's exalted. That's fair. Yeah. She doesn't. Yeah, that's she super fair. literally doesn't know you fuckers. It's like cool. Sky's not entirely a lie. It's still part of my, uh, you know, exalted name. But I think my favorite part was none of us really wanted to like play get to know each other, and Joe kept trying to push that. But also wouldn't give us information about himself. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much just like, you should tell us about us. Okay, well, you go first. Uh... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, exactly. So Lioness don't push is, it. Whereas my character, Linus, is just sitting in the back like, none of you can know. <laughs> none of you can know. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, the queen basically tells us there's gonna be a little bit of a party, and, uh, but it's not gonna be for a while. She's gonna, there's different options for how we can get back to creation from the Feywild. Feyland. Feywild. Feywild. Yeah. And, uh, but it might take some time. So we basically get put in a room. Storm sits and reads. Uh, Nyx looks out a window and sees people drowning in sand. And also people lounging on an ocean. Yeah. It's Basically, the, the the normal ocean view that you would see was inverted as the water stayed calm and people would lounge on it, and the sand people could swim in and would be periodically, uh, mortals would be periodically drowned in it. Do you remember what Linus was doing, Julia? Because I don't have that written she down. She went to a library and looked up any historical information that had happened in the last 25 years mm-hmm. on what's been going on in creation. Um, because of what Linus is, which we can get into later, um... She we was. Don't, we don't find out for a while. I think she was, was uh, basically out of touch with everything going on to uh, in creation. Mm-hmm. So she was trying to catch back up on military movements, political situations, any kind of like major powers that had come and gone. Basically, who's running what in creation? She was basically the. Uh, I don't want to say that you were the replacement, but there was a slot missing since Percival could no longer play with us. That I kind of had that, to fill. That, that someone had to fill as the war leader. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much what I did, was I was like, all right, I need to look at strategies, new technologies, all this other stuff. I need to know what's going on for when I get back to creation. Yeah. I know Storm was doing some reading and checking in on her necklace, because we had the necklaces that let us keep in contact with everybody. So she got little bits and pieces, like that Sergei was being more reckless in combat, Diego was getting more sick enjoyment out of combat and she couldn't contact surefire whatsoever so basically we're all playing the waiting game to get out of here at this point uh kalani decides to meditate because he was basically our priest and he gets a vision of the unconquered sun and at a board like the at the board of the games of divinity and there's a piece that's on the board that's not supposed to be there um and the unconquered son looks at the door temporarily like he's going to get up, but then goes back to the game. So when he comes out of this revelry, he just spouts everything he saw while he was praying. And uh, something about a piece of the, like, is that piece the Jade Prison was the question we kind of had for it. We have... Yeah, pretty much. Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all figured it, but it was, I still have a question mark on there as we're not entirely, entirely sure, but we're like 90% sure. That's probably what it is. And then we kind of have a discussion on exaltation and how the last solar exaltations left the Jade prison about two years ago, which was when Storm's original group exalted. Uh, So while we're just kind of meandering about doing whatever, there's this little octopus dude that comes in that, as people have listened before, it's the same little octopus fucker from the fungin that we had to deal with. So he comes in, Storm recognizes this fucker right away, who gets nervous seeing her, and they exchange quote-unquote pleasantries. And then uh, he offers clothes and basically like holds his arms out with like different outfits dangling on it for all of us to get dressed up for the party. Do you remember what your outfit looked like? Because I know what mine did. I had. I'm pretty mine. sure that I wore ceremonial armor. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because Lioness didn't dress feminine, and she wasn't going to expose her arms. Yeah, well, your arms had the the stuff wrapped around it. I think. Yeah, but it was one of those like I think she just wore like very plain, fairly masculine clothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Nyx had a very pretty dress because Britt's character was very elegant. I think she had like silver hair and she's very tall she and... every single picture that Britt has showed us of nyx is that nyx is an extraordinarily pretty character yeah she's very pretty like you look at her and you're like damn girl damn if, if we had still been playing in third edition i would have been like yo you gotta take appearance four minimum for someone like yeah. that like damn like she was pretty she was a uh, final fantasy anime pretty yeah yes uh, and then I know Storm uh, basically altered an outfit so she had like, like off the shoulder sleeves uh, cut down to like kind of like a long thing, but to uh, I think like mid thigh, and then she wore pants underneath. And the octopus was like, "Okay, that's a style." It's like, <laughs> "Fuck you! I need to be able to move." So, 
just looking through this, and then we have to chill until he gets back again to take us out to announce us. And we find out that the King of the South is actually called the Red King of the South. But when we ask about his description, it doesn't match the Crimson King, which is good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very, very good. <laughs> very, very good, because those would be, uh, that would be a very bad way for him to hide himself. Yeah, I'm not the Crimson King, I'm the, I'm the Red King. Of the South. Totally, totally different things. Yeah. But still, it was one of those things of Red King, Crimson King. Let's double check this bullshit just to be on the safe side. But yeah, so, uh... His description is, uh, fairly, uh, like, fey weird, uh, mutations mixed with, I think, draconic features. I was gonna get to that. Oh, were you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not there yet. So oh, okay. Maybe you haven't met him yet. Oh. Yeah. Well then. So we get to the party, they announce us, everyone there is all dressed up and, you know, chit-chatting and doing kind of the things you do at a party. And I happen here, Faye are playing Wonderland, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I think that was the so game. Maybe. Oh, you said Wonderland. Yeah, Wonderland. Not Not Wonderwall. Yeah. That, the, my joke Wonder was Wonderwall earlier because I re was reading it over and I was like, I'm, I misread this as Faye playing Wonderwall. I'm, it totally I'm, says Wonderland. I'm not sober. So, <laughs> well, so, after a little bit, the king in red shows up. He's dressed in red and orichalcum. I'm gonna, like, so I'm gonna switch back and forth if, if I remember it. Uh, he's dressed in red and he has an orichalcum greatsword. And he's got kind of this two-faced effect where one side is really beautiful and the other side is kind of terrifying. It looks like a wild mutation. See, mm -hmm. there you go, Brendan. Now there I got go. to okay. it. Marencia <laughs> um, introduces us to the, the red king. Uh, apparently he took over the South 700 years ago. Yes. And, uh, he speaks with this air of elegance and grace. It doesn't really fit the mutated side of him. Uh, seven, uh, I would say roughly 700 years ago is more correct. Um, just because I know who that is, but we'll get to that once it gets revealed and okay. then I can say shit. Yeah, no, you, you want to spoil it ahead of time? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> Let, let's keep going. You sure you don't want to keep up the trend of that? <laughs> No, I'm good. Um, so this Red King wants to speak to our group in private, uh, so that and Norencia leaves us so that we can talk to him. He claims that he used to be an elemental dragon that lost a fight to a lot of fair folk, and his dragon—he has this red dragon arm also. So he basically wants to return to creation and take up his old position. Um, and he says that his real name is actually Swan Dragon. Surprise, guys! <laughs> hey, I mean, that was totally a thing that you guys were going to go and deal with. Uh, eventually. Eventually, until John and Craig had to leave. Yeah. So, at that point, once he says, you know, I this is my old name, Storm's just like, I know you. By the way, uh, here's here's what's going on with your, with your position. So she explains the stuff that's going on with the censor of the South, that... Was Kajak Kajak, who's now no, dead. No, no, no. Kajak Kajak was not the censor of the South. Kajak Kajak. So explain stuff going on with censor of the South. Now Kajak Kajak is dead and oh. Neptolius and Asayu is doing the job. Okay, the way that I heard it was that Kajak Kajak was the censor of the South. I may, I probably misphrased it then. So. I was going to, I was going to jump in with Kajak Lumberjack. We've made the joke so many times. Bob Nickelback. I can't not make the joke. Yeah, we already made the joke about how everybody got to make fun of names, and that's why I'm allowed to do it in, in uh, Mage, because everybody else did it, and I was good for Exalted. So I'm, I get to, you know, do the thing for once. That's fair. <laughs> so at this point, we're like, we need to get this dude out of here. And uh, so we help to escort him out of the party. And, well, he says if we help escort him out of the party into creation, that he'll take us to Volavat. Woo, you all know how much I love Volavat. Burn it to the ground. No, Woo. drown it. Woo, Volavat, our favorite city. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the lap on it. Drop the lap on it. No, it was literally put down the thing so it floods itself. That was my ongoing thing. That was my ongoing threat is I will flood Volavat if you don't help us. So basically, he's like, you escort me out of here. I know a place out of here, but we'll come out in Volavat. And we're like, sure, we want out of here, you want out of here, 
This Ooh. one chick knows who you are. Sure, fuck it. We may not like Volhavat, but we sure like it better than being trapped in the Feywild. Exactly. <laughs> so we decide to go with him to get out of here. Um, and basically we go inside of this carriage and get let out. Uh, while we're inside, I forgot that I had this ability with, you know, the sun word, where I could have sunlight sight. So Storm uses sunlight sight on sunshade to see what's going on there. The t the town, t technically, city, I metropolis. Technically, I shouldn't have let you do it, um, just because of you're technically not on the same plane of existence, and it doesn't. And those gifts don't work if you're not on the same plane of existence. Does it specify that somewhere? No, it does not. But generally speaking, that's how mo there are a few gifts that do specify that you have to be on the same plane of existence. Uh, generally because Godbound the game doesn't deal with planes of existence. Or when it does, it's very, like... Weird. Weird and specific. But you let me do it, so... <laughs> well, because I thought it was thematically cool to let you do it. So what did you see? Uh, so Sunshade looks a little bit battered. There's more guards and people around there. Uh, Storms is the only statue that's actually standing at this point. And after seeing this... Because it, it, like I said, you can only look on a place that has direct sunlight on it. Storm is able to to pick out Diego and Sergey because she can see them, and because she can see them, uh, she's able to use this voice ability that comes with the gift to just say, "Go to Volavat." So her cute little golden retriever uh, lunar mate just T Rexes up and just runs off. There is nothing little about that man. There is nothing <laughs> little about Sergey. <laughs> Golden Retriever, yes. There is nothing little about that man. I like my Golden Retriever, thanks very much. That was probably one of my favorite, like, tabletop relationships with Sergei. <laughs> I completely understand. <laughs> um, He's kind of an adorable character. Yeah. It's true. So after that, uh, the carriage ends up stopping, and the Red King says, because I just have Red King says Swan Dragon at this point, but the Red King says that there's ogres in the path and that we need to pay a toll. So the other three get out. Storm goes walking ghosts and just slinks out of there. Uh, and we, they kind of walk up to him. Storm sneaks around on them. And we just fucking wreck the ogres. Yeah, because I had uh, one person there who was not used to godbound combat. So I wanted to let Brit get used to godbound. Well, no, technically two because Julia did not really do any combat with godbound with Talisman. No, I didn't do any combat, now that I think about it, you're right. Yeah, as Talisman, no, you didn't do any... Uh, you, like, cut mountains to fall onto, you know... That was with the Exalted System. That was with the Exalted okay. System. Yeah, you didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And the rest of our stuff, uh, I always made little crafter things for her to do. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we beat the ogres, and, you know, Swan Dragon just applauds us for working together so cohesively. And we physically escort him through the little portal thing, and we end up in Volavat. And we actually end up in the water in Volavat. <laughs> so as, yeah. As we come out of it, uh, apparently Volavat is thriving. Congrats for them, I guess. Uh, we see Diego and Sergey, and just a group waiting for us. Like, Prince of Theft is there, Annie the Farflyer's there. Um, Storm basically goes through and introduces everybody to everybody. And uh, we find out that Diego is missing an eye and has grown out his beard. Uh, he you know, looks the crack, very rugged. Yeah, the crack is definitely kicking at this point. Um, and we also find out that we've been in the wild, or at least Storm has. I don't know about everybody else. But Storm's been in the wild for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so time skip happened. Which we've mentioned before was going to happen. But a time skip is definitely one of my favorite anime tropes to use. Hey, did the group get powered up in some way? Time skip. Because at this point, Christina had found a way to completely break the my Godbound modifications to the point that, like, everybody was the most broken shit ever. So I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Time skip. You gave me the tools to break it, and you didn't tell me no after I showed you that I could you break it. You gave her a hammer and showed her your porcelain collection and said, yeah, you know, just go nuts. 
just go nuts. So yeah, I rebuilt everybody's character, I think, at that point, after I figured out the trick for it. And I was like, cool, you're gonna have one skill that you're probably not great in, but everything else, <laughs> just mess. don't roll, like, a, a below a three. Or, like, a three or below. And yeah. You're, you're good on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little rough. I also found a way to break it with, uh, me having vengeance, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the end of that session. It's basically just, we introduce everybody and just discuss what the heck's been going on. Alrighty, so the next session is August the 5th, 2018. Uh, Jake has joined the group for this session, and Joe was not able to show up for this. We were actually in Fredericksburg for this one. So I think like we mentioned before, that was the last time that you will see that character show up. Yeah. Yes, so we're back in Sunshade. And the city is now mostly filled. Uh, it was empty pretty much the last time Storm was here. It is now super filled because of things that Christina will tell us about and then that I can expand upon. Uh-huh. But spoilers. Wouldn't you want to spoil it? No, I, I'm good right now. Okay. Cool. As long as you're good for now. Um, ancient structures have also been built upon here to kind of be able to control the populace. As we get into Sunshade, we're greeted by Percival's Military Academy. Uh, they create a nice procession for us to welcome us back to the town or welcome the new people, because mm -hmm. there's new people also. Yeah, but um, mostly welcoming you, because you're the returning... You're the, solar. You're, yeah, you're the returning solar. Yeah. You're the one that they know about. Yeah. Uh, oh, look, you went off and found us a new... Oh, wait, and also Roldo's there. Yeah, well... Or he comes well, in. he does come in eventually. Okay. I don't know when he comes in, but we did already say that Jake is there yeah. in that game. So. Yeah, but, uh, so we see Thornton, who's Talisman's right-hand man. Uh, the Baroness greets us. Raldo appears. Ah. Giving Brendan a look. There we go. Raldo has appeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, fine. does it say what he did in the I last don't, 15 I, years? I don't know. Probably. Okay. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm trying to find, like, good points to interject here. <laughs> We've, I told you, once we switched over to this, I started taking a lot more detailed notes about some things. Um, but we find out that Surefire is off looking for Talisman, which is why we couldn't find him before. Or has been off looking for Talisman, either way. Um, the Scavenger Lands uh, have continued their independence, yay. The River Confederacy is the largest resistance to the Maiden and Wayward. That's right, Maiden and Wayward. Fuck him. Yep, because I had to find a way to... Well, we already explained that uh, I talked to John about this. Yeah. That he would uh, go with her. Boy, does this end Holy up... Yeah. It just does not end well for... Wayward. For Wayward. And, as you can imagine, taking the side of being with the enemy. Yeah. Well, we found out they've taken over the Blessed Isles. Uh, we've also learned of the group that's kind of come together with Sunshade. So you've got Lookshy, Sunshade, Nexus, Great Forks, G-Bay, Dead and Sore, and we've also allied with Thorns. We are currently waiting on Sajian to reply to us about the Alliance. And if I remember correctly, Sajian is typically neutral in a lot of situations. Sajan it's very is, Sajan is the Switzerland of, um, of Exalted. The reason that Sijan is the Switzerland of Exalted, even to, like, the realm and everything, is that Sijan is the city of the dead. It is where that if you want your your ghost to be well off, you go to Sijan. And you pay a shit ton of money for people to constantly worship you for as much money, for as many years at, with, like, basically, like, a it, bunch of money will get you a bunch of It's your afterlife retirement home. Yes, because worship in the afterlife gets you money in the afterlife or power, whatever you end up converting it to. It's kind of like the reverse of, well, it's kind of like the same as uh, Yushan, where that like, because people get worshipped in you, because uh, certain creatures get worshipped in Yushan, they actually get money during the worship. It basically works the same for ghosts. Well, I mean, we've mentioned Ambrosia and stuff like yeah. that before, which actually comes up in this session too, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. So uh, we find out that uh, the maiden has taken Great Falls. That's in her clutches now. 
It was originally a port city. Now it's an ever-growing Shadowlands. Yes, uh, Great Falls was like like you said originally a port city. I might have said Great Force, but I meant Great Falls. Uh, no, you did say Great Falls. Okay. Uh, Great Falls was originally a port city. It's one of the few uh, holdings that the realm ever had in the Scavenger Lands, and it is generally considered um, a laughable post uh, in canon. It is generally considered a laughable post to be put in uh, for anyone in the realm. Like, it's basically the the fucking French Foreign Legion just shipping you off to, like, the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, it is the place where that your career in the realm goes to die. Everybody there does not give a fuck about the Scavenger Lands. They basically just coexist with it and, like, openly trade with non-realm people. They basically just kind of go, fuck it. Which is why... Some shit goes down there because it's basically the laziest of the lazy people are in Great Falls. This may not be. This is what that I basically read of from the. Uh, wiki. From, from, not from the wiki, from the Exalted uh, Third Edition uh, little snippet on Great Falls. So, like, if that's not what Great Falls was in, in your canon, hey man, good on you. I took it as the fucking. Like shithole of the realm. Yeah, the asshole of the realm. No one wanted to be there. The only uh, the only use of it was having a port city to get uh, trade goods from Nexus to the Blessed Isle. And now it's a Shadowland, so you know whatever. Yeah, but it, the Blessed Isle is run by a Death Lord, so I'm sorry, Death Regent. Yeah, Regent's probably more of a sensitive... More of a gender-neutral term yeah. for Death Lords, since there are Death Lords and Death Ladies. Yeah. So at this point, um, the our little group of Solars that we have now, um, Prince of Theft, Diego, Sergei, Digby, and the Baroness all go to our meeting room to discuss things, figure out, kind of get updated on what's been going on since, you know, we've I all been like gone. it's been forever since you all were in a meeting room. We all go to a meeting room. Are you trying to give me flashbacks, Brendan? Maybe. And, uh... I will so, throw this salad at you. So, since it's I'll private, it and there. you have to, like, get permission to go in there and all this fun stuff, because we took out all the windows. And, uh, that's where we all learn out that Lion... Find out that Lioness's, uh, former Death Lord was Faffle, First and Forsaken Lion. Oh, fun story. Lioness used to be an abyssal. Fun story, we mentioned Lioness technically in the last episode with the uh, Ashen Cobra. Oh, yeah. The, the secret death knight of the First and Forsaken Lion. Yeah, that's her. Spoilers. Uh, not necessarily. Well, I mean, I did mention it, but I figured that she she didn't tell she doesn't she doesn't tell us what her, her real name is for quite a while. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Well. So she just went by Lioness. Well, I mean, our solar name is Consecrated Lioness of Discordant Waves, which was a play on the idea that she had basically been rebaptized and reborn as a solar. But we just mostly know uh, that she was the Faffles' uh, old Death Knight, and she does tell us a little bit about Abyssals and Exaltations. And Storm tries to catch everybody up on, you know who this Maiden Under the Waves is, and what's going on with Wayward, like that whole situation that's been going on for a long time. Which is really good that, you know, we have a new player there who doesn't know a whole lot. Like, it act like, because normally you could just kind of gloss over it since Julia and Jake had been there, but since we have Britt there, you have to actually, like, explain it. Mm -hmm. So this next part, we're going to go... It's basically, we're in our meeting chambers and we're going through each of the areas to find out what's been going on with each of the lands. We're getting, we're finding out from different people. So I'm going to go part by part on what's going on with each place. So starting with the scavenger lands, we find out that Lookshy still has a general council. Uh, the Mask of Winter still controls Thorns. Uh, Thornton has now become a solar. He's an Eclipse cast who's called the Hammer of the Sun. That's and my boy. He's uh, taking care of G-Bay for us. Mm -hmm. Surefire is in Denzor. Um, we have the allies of the three gods of Great Forks, which we secured that before. And then we also have uh, the emissaries of Nexus. And Oh, you have the emissary of Nexus on your side. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
I just have the emissary of Nexus, so. Well, do we know about it? You want it? an elaborate? Either I already elaborated on what the emissary was. The emissary is basically a hey, don't fuck up at Nexus. Did you fuck up at Nexus? You dead. Well, like Nexus is one of our allies per the list I have on the other yeah. side. So I totally forgot about that. Um, well, I didn't forget about that so much as I feel like that people forget about it later. Yeah. Well, we also do a thing to Nexus. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said people forget about it later. Mm-hmm. We also find out a little bit about uh, Sajan. Two people run it. It's uh, a Ronin Abyssal, which is uh, it's is on. An it's, a, it's an Abyssal without a leash. They don't. They don't answer to a specific Death Lord. They're pretty much just like independent. Their exaltations are usually weird, or they've slipped the leash. Well, just like when we talked about Ronin Sidereals before, kind of the same aspect. But he's the king of Sajan's uh, dead side because Sajan has a living and a dead side. And then you have uh, the Voice of Life, who's a female who runs the living side. And they look very similar. Hmm. But yeah, so like I said, Sajan has two sides, the Underworld and above. Um, and the other Death Lords don't fuck with it. So uh, it just kind of sits where it's at. Yeah, because Sajan is, uh, like I mentioned before, like the place to go for... The afterlife? Yeah, for, for the afterlife, for, for power and everything. So, like, why would you fuck with that when that a Death Lord is, like, the one who's trying to, like, rule the world? The thing is, basically, if they fuck with it, then Sajan might side with the Maiden to keep themselves safe from the Death Lord trying to take it over. But the reason that the Death Lords aren't fucking with it, it's mutually beneficial to them as well. Basically, you don't fuck with it so they don't join the Maiden. That's literally yeah. what I have written, mm-hmm. so... Well, if I recall, so the underworld itself is like this. I'm sorry to get us off track for a second, but like I do want to kind of discuss what the underworld is and why it's kind of a weird slowing in the cog wheels. I don't know if we've discussed it before or not. Uh, a little bit, but go ahead. So when I was talking about it with you, because I was going over goals for Lioness, uh, we were going over like how the underworld works and how it's run right now is very similar to Yushan, except it's very, it's just as uh, as slow in terms of how things get done. So, like, the reincarnation of souls isn't happening at the rate that it's supposed to. Right. So, the reason that I think, and that benefits the abyssals, doesn't it? If there's fewer mortals being reincarnated... Um, it does benefit the Neverborn. It does okay. not benefit the abyssals. Okay. So it benefits the Neverborn, and if that's not something that they want messed with, and Sijan helps with that, then the Neverborn are not really going to allow their Death Lords to let their Abyssals fuck with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's where my brain went for why, like, mortals and Abyssals weren't fucking with this city. Mm Mm-hmm. It's- it's- like the stuff that I have Lily just talks about they don't want to fuck with it because if they push on it then they're afraid Sajan's gonna side with the Maiden basically yeah Yeah. because she's and none of the Death Lords like the Maiden the Maiden is a Ronin Death Lord the Maiden is a Ronin Death Lord she is not beholden to a Neverborn Master which is Um, so while we're discussing the Scavenger Lands Ghost knocks on the council room door and Sergei lets her in um, and she holds up a flyer for the 15th anniversary concert, um, that's gonna happen during calibration in two months, and it's Wayward having a 15th anniversary concert. Oh, yeah. A 15th anniversary concert for when the, the Maiden Under the Waves, uh, decided to... Liberate all of creation! Yep. Yep. Uh, so the Prince of Death is our informant in the West, and the only, find out the only place that's safe in the West is his island, uh, Mollusca Bay. And the that's the home base of the Molusca Pirates and Raldo's Pirates, which were the Lucky Pirates, I think the it was. The Lucky Pirates, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got the Skull Archipelago and the Bodistafa, anointed by Dark Waters, the de- is the Death Lord over that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about him or not. Um, he, so the Bodhisattva is basically, um, in the Skull Archipelago, is... What do you do for him if you live in the Skull Archipelago is that if you're alive, you're basically a slave. Like, you make baby, and you make and you make food, and you make 
and you make prayer to your ancestors. And the more baby and prayer and food that you make to make the every other slave better gets you a higher position in your retirement plan of being promoted when you die, your ghost, to an actual administrative role. And that's basically how he runs it. So we move on to the north, which <laughs> got hit the hardest, actually, according to the Baroness. The Maiden basically eliminated Mother's Hearth. Get the Maiden is the only safe place because it's full of underground tunnels, so people use them to get to other places for supplies. There are, you know, people that go missing occasionally, and that's starting to increase even more so. And the Bull of the North and his circle have also been missing for about six months at this point. Um, Ascension is a the new directional control module that was found before the Maiden, and now the City of the Dead ruled over by the a Mask Man, uh, with a description that matches really close to the Crimson King. Hmm. Right. We're all done. In the south, it's almost entirely conquered by the first Forsaken Lion. Which we mentioned mm -hmm. last time. Yep. Baffle has most of the south, except for the Lap and Varang. And oh, was it Varang? Shit, I fucked that up last episode. Oh well, I mean, we fixed it now then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Lap and Varang and Jubilation, which was Joe's character, even though he's not with us anymore at this point, but we don't know that. Is from Varang. Is from Varang, yep. The, the lap is pretty much a necrotic playground at this point and is in the hands of Jester. Jester. Words. I yep. can do words. I can word words. We can words. I can words words sometimes. It's fine. We're not totally on time crunch. Yeah, right? Uh, in the east, at this point, you know, get another knock on the door and Fadi comes in. For those of you who don't remember who Fadi was, that's Behemoth's brother, who's a sidereal. So he comes in and lets us know that most of the east has fallen as well. There's uh, no longer the massive woods there and stuff like that. Uh, the maiden's taken it over. There's fields of human growing trees. Um, well, there's fields of humans with like these trees that have kind of like been made up part of them. It's kind of weird. Um, basically, think of a tree and now make it out of human parts. Yeah. It's, also, they're alive. Yeah, it's human growing trees. That's I don't really have a good way to describe it. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, part of her army now. Are, are you getting the idea that basically in the 15 years since uh, since uh, the, the group has been gone, that the world got fucked? We also find out that the Scarlet Empress is still missing after 15 years. Random side note. Um, we still don't know where the fuck she is. Still mad by headcanon wasn't true, but we can get into that later. Uh, we learned that Lanoa and Halta have fallen. Um, the Hislanti Hisla League are pretty much the only ones to have survived, so Volva and Palaquin are fine. And, uh, they mostly survive just by being hard to get to. They're kind of inaccessible to most Palaquin things. is incredibly hard to attack because it's a giant fucking mountain that you have to, like, scale. And Volovat is incredibly hard to get into because they have really good defenses. But, I mean, if you get in there and you can just, you know, pull the plug and just drown them all, why not? I'm st- I, I still- fuck about all that, sorry. Don't! That sounds unsanitary. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, plenty of them fuck in Volovat, so... Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm move. sorry, I will not stop apologizing for that fucking thing! I had three paragraphs to go off of, and I had to work with it! I had to expand upon it! All of that weird shit that you guys hate about it, that shit is in the book. I know. Creators of Exalted, we have questions. Please contact us because there are people who want answers. Of why? We need to know. Why? So if anybody knows the creators of Exalted 3rd Edition and thinks they might be interested in being interviewed on a podcast, let us know. We have questions. We just want to talk about Volovat and Look, I just why? want to talk. I just, I don't want to scream. I don't want to yell. I just want to talk. Tushy Pal? I like Tushy Pal. It's his Christian name. That is its Christian name. We go, look, we got Now, we're moving on to the Blessed Isles. We have questions. <laughs> Not about the Blessed Isles. Uh, but the Blessed Isles are ruled by the Maiden as Wayward, as we mentioned earlier. It took them a decade to sway them to be able to rule it. Uh, there are a few pockets of resistance, and uh, basically what they do is they appeal to the masses to rise up and 
since the bronze faction is in disarray because you know of things that our because group you might have done. Oombop Nickelback. Because of things that our group might have done. Uh, it made it easier whoa, for you to take Whoa, 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 Might have done? Allegedly. This is not- Allegedly. Show, this me, is, show me proof besides the skull that I have. This is not the same as that time that Talisman destroyed the Coliseum. Allegedly. That Talisman allegedly destroyed the Coliseum. This is not the Exalted 9-11. You guys allegedly. totally murdered allegedly. Treetop Lumberjack. Allegedly. Just because I have a skull does not mean I can be convicted of murder for him. Listen here, if Bones was here, she would totally <laughs> convict you of murder. Yeah, but then she'd have to... Never mind. Uh, anyways, so Bronze Faction is in disarray because of something that we might have done. Uh, and basically made it easier for them to take over the Blessed Isles. Yeah, because we... the Gold Faction doesn't have any real, like, fucking solid leadership. Because they never expected to be in a position of leadership! Well, that's interesting because I actually have some stuff on Chan later. Um... But moving Brandon, on to the, you're really good at this. Moving on to the underworld. Uh, it, surprisingly, <laughs> spoilers. I the think. underworld is not in chaos. Go figure. Oh, who would have thought? So the Death Lords are basically you keeping know, peace amongst themselves. You know, because tyranny works, but nobody's alive. It's more they're keeping peace with one another because they don't care about the maiden so long as they don't interfere with them. Fair. Also, um, I feel like that uh, after the last three episodes. I feel like that uh, fucking all the Death Lords took after uh, the first and Forsaken Lion and started giving all the ghosts level one WoW quests to keep them busy. I'm never going to let that shit go. I am never going to let the fact that Joe sent us on two hours worth of level one WoW quests as level three godbound abyssals. We could just wipe out entire towns at that point. But no, we've got to go and fetch ten boar asses. Boar? Have you never heard that fucking meme of, like, fucking, like, how the MMOs are just like, oh, go collect ten boar asses for me, and I'll give you this this white-quality knife, you level one adventurer? Oh, God. That... So, look, I love doing side quests the the tabletop campaign, but I usually do it as, like, we've been having some really serious shit dropped on us for a while. I want to lighten the tone. Hey guys, side quest the game for a bit. You're gonna go accomplish a bunch of little things that are going to help in the bigger picture, but like bore asses. There's so many better ways to like give you guys like an introductory quest. Basically, Joe had us taking quests from uh like a mortal or like a like a like a heroic mortal at best. But why? But why? but why? And not even like a good heroic mortal. All those like, boxes were great, though. All those boxes were great, but, and the playground was good. But, but they, they, they let the they let the little 10, 12 year old hold the box full of plague, and she wouldn't give it back, so she made more boxes to give them. It's like this box is mine. You can have this box that I made, or this box, your choice. And she just poofed boxes out. But this one is mine because he gave it to me. But, but why? Four asses. <laughs> but, but why? Anyways, back to the underworld. Uh, as I said, basically, the maiden doesn't fuck with the, the death lords, death regents, whatever. Uh, they're not going to fuck with her. And also, uh, the sidereal presence has increased in the underworld. Very weird. Very weird. Very weird. Up in Yushan, we find out that um, there is a void faction that was a lot of the former bronze faction, like they're part of it. They support the maiden for some fucking reason. Uh, and yeah, she's is, got, she makes a lot of good points. And the head of the Void Faction is a sidereal who's uh, chosen of endings, and his name is Black Ice Shadow. Black Ice Shadow, to make sure I say that correctly. Yeah, but when you say it real fast, it sounds like Black Ice Shadow. I know, that's why I'm clarifying it. Nope, that's not what I always hear. I hear Black Guy's Shadow. Black... Wow. As in the color, ice is in frozen water, shadow is in the thing that's cast uh, from things. None of us are sun. arguing shadow. It's the middle word. That's why I'm clarifying it <laughs> for people listening. Because there's different ways you can hear it. Uh, at this point, the gold faction is in power. 
and but it's kind of at a bureaucratical stalemate at this point with a lot of things going on. Uh, so we decide that we're gonna go to Yushan to take Swan dra Dragon back, uh, and so we can get Neftolius and Asayu back, and then we're gonna go to Sajan to see if we can finally get them to agree to ally with us. Because then you'll have all of the Scavenger Lands Pokemon cards. That's correct. Gotta catch them all. Oh, no, 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 that's a bad reference. You would have the Scavenger Lands version of Exodia. Sure. From Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, I know. From the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. I know, I used to have a couple of Exodia pieces. I still have all my Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon cards. Oh, I never played Yu-Gi-Oh. I just kind of watched that first episode and went, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, I also watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh, too. Oh, okay. Hey, so. yo, I'm Joey Wheeler! No, 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 I watch a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh abridged. Oh, yeah, fair. So we travel to the closest Yushan gateway in Rathus, and we stop by GB to grab Thornton. As I said, he's an Eclipse cast now, so we can take him up to Yushan with us because Eclipse, bureaucracy, you know, Eclipse Yushan. basically get you a free My pass. Is all grown up. Eclipse basically get you a free pass into Yushan yes. if you can make up a good enough fucking excuse. So Thornton's the one who actually takes us there, and we're greeted by the Orchalcum Alliance who want to know why we're there. And uh, we go by, and Nix and Linus get to see Yushan for the first time. Also, we... you guys do not yell creation ruling mandate yeah, at that. Yeah, because I used only... a lot of self-restraint on that one. Because I was the only one who knew about that shit in our group. So if anybody yelled it, it'd be metagaming. <laughs> like I said, Julia used a lot of restraint. To not just start screaming creation ruling mandate again. So between Thornton and Swan Dragon's credentials, we're able to take the quicker gold path to get to where we need to go. We knock on the door and say you creates a storm and we tell them that we found Swan Dragon. So they're free and they can leave and get the fuck out of there. Ne uh, so Nephi, Nephi T, <laughs> Neftolius basically just kind of shakes her head at the whole situation and slaps the wild out of Swan Dragon so he looks normal now. And uh, he says, you know, that he'll be in touch with us. We go to visit our mons, which we haven't gone to in, you know, 15 years at this point. Well, your mons up in Yushan. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't gone there in like 15 years at this point. Um, and the vault there is full. So it basically has stopped producing because there's no place to put it anymore. We take some of it out so Lioness can make a mount or an annual animal companion for herself. And then, uh... Storm she makes the most adorable creature ever. And Storm takes a mount and she makes a moon silver uh, face mask for Sergei. Because she's cute like that, I guess. Uh, then we go to visit Amar and Star, and we find them having lunch with one another. We also find out that the Luma Fate doesn't work in the wild, so that's why they didn't know where the fuck we were. For the longest time. Oh, also, you know, time doesn't work the same way in the wild, so, uh... Yeah, that's why Storm looks the same, even though it's been 15 fucking years. So she's actually younger than all her siblings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Storm starts having a conversation with Star, and kind of giving Thornton the eye out of the side. And at a certain point, Thornton uh, oaths Star, so they have an agreement that basically Star is going to get info on Black Eye Shadow, and uh, the group's basically Storm, because she's the one that's bound to it, uh, is going to promise to do their best that they can to make the, the East not look like a nightmare that it is right now. Basically kind of clean it up a little bit. So I remember the very specific thing that had happened when it, this went down is you were giving me this look, and I was like, I know what's going to happen with, with Thornton. And, like, you go, oh, do you agree to this? And then I went, Thornton yells out, I got this. I've been waiting to do this forever. Stands up on the table, grabs both of your hands, and yells, Oath! Because he's yeah. been waiting to do that forever. Because he's been stuck in G-Bay for 15 years, working specifically on the Scavenger Lands directional control module to make sure that no more Shadowlands popped up in the Scavenger Lands. I'm so upset that the word you used was Oath. Because the better thing to scream is sanctified. You know what? I might have screamed sanctified. Because that has been the joke forever is that Jake is going to play made sanctified oath. That's all I have. I think I yelled sanctified. Because the joke has always been Jake wants to make a character that does that and hang out in bars and sanctify drunken packs. You're my best bro. We'll be 
You're gonna be my best man. Sanctified! Hey man, we should totally start a band together. Yeah man, we all start a band. We're gonna be the best band ever. Sanctified. Like, just hold people to their drunken rantings. It's kind of great. I kind of want to do that now. So speaking I of hope, Jake... I hope that Jake plays a fucking... Like, if I ever get to run that fucking Lunar's game, I hope that Jake plays a fucking Eclipse cast solar. Because that would be great for a drunken shenanigans game. So speaking of Jake and Raldo, uh, Raldo was able to find out where Talisman is at, and that she's in Autothon. Autocathonia. Te technically, they were both the same thing. I just have Autothon written down. Um, do you have how that Jake found that out? No, but I'm also not done, so hold on okay. a second. <laughs> uh, we also find out that he's the new HOA. Because <laughs> since we Roman. kind of murdered the other one. Maybe. Might have. We're, we're not convicted of it. Um, <laughs> There's no proof so long as you don't catch Storm. Have fun. Um, <laughs> but we found him, he's the new HOA, and basically, because of this, he can scope out Yushan and find out shit for us now. Now if you want to. So... The way that Jake found out, or that Raldo found out, that uh, Talisman was in Autocathonia is that he made good buddies with a with a sidereal of secrets named Clever Fox. Clever Fox is the only sidereal who believes in that Autocathonia is somewhere out there and elsewhere. Like, there's something out there that we don't know. He believes in the truth. He's a he's the scenario version of fucking Fox Mulder, and he's the best thing ever. Jake makes such fast friends with him that playing those two together was actually some of my favorite role-playing that I've done with Jake ever. Because it was basically just, hey man... I believe in you. Like, Jake, like, really giving this guy a pep talk when, they, like, no one else has believed in him. And he's, like, off in this convention that he's the only member of. He's basically just doing the X-Files thing until someone believes in him hard enough that he finds out the truth. That Raldo becomes his scully? No, he probably gets a sidereal scully at some point that they assign to him that, that's all, that also doesn't believe in things. So Thornton tells us uh, to stop by Den and Zor to grab our Lunar Boys, because, you know, Surefire's over there and Sergei's over there at this point. We go there, and Sergei and Surefire are green. Are green. Arguing. Arguing. And uh, they end up stopping when we show up. We find out that Talisman, and we're able to see her, is in Autocathonia, or Autothon, which I have Autothon written down. Regardless, uh, they mention Sova, and uh, Storm remembers that alchemical and Rathus that mentioned the nation of Sova. So Sova's uh, brought back up again. Yep. And that's the end of that session. That's the end of that session, and I think that's gonna do it for us for the night. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, if you all, we do have still have a question or two that we got to get through, but we've got to kind of get to less content heavy. Uh, or get less off-topic, yeah, either one. one. One of those two. Like, eventually we're going to get get back to doing some questions, but right now we're kind of like... We're, we've, we've got a lot of, like, updating on things. Eventually the, these sessions become a little bit more streamlined, I feel. Yeah, it's um, less, here's the info dump to catch you guys up in character. Yeah, yeah basically th those last two had to be that. So hopefully next week we'll get back to a question or two. Um, so, if you wanted to hear your question read by us... Or uh, want to in the future. Or want to in the future, you can send those questions to apairofdicelost at gmail.com. Also, if you have any suggestions for us, like what we can do once we finish up this uh, uh, reading of our Exalted campaign, because... Uh, we probably only have about eight more episodes. I think the 30th will be our cap-off of everything. Uh, 31, probably, because I still got to finish off what uh, was actually yeah. supposed to happen. Maybe 30... 30, 30 31, 32, but we're 32. getting there. We're getting yeah, there. Yeah, no, we're getting there. Uh, so we're going to have to start coming up with new ideas, and if you guys got some ideas, fucking send them to us. We would love it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Paradise Lost. I usually give updates on what's going on, like... Like if episodes are going to be late, or if, like, things are going down. Um, and usually we update uh, when we're playing just to kind of get people hyped for when that episode will come out. 
Um, does anyone have any closing statements to make? Yeah, I still have questions. Fucking message me. Exalted Creators. Contact GM Crow one numerical number one, on Twitter. I really, I need to talk to you. About Volvot? About so, I have so many questions. I, there are so many things that I need to understand the why behind. Specifically one that I can't talk about until the last episode. Okay. I'm curious to know about that, but I'll wait until we're done recording. Uh, so, for a Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel, I've been Brendan. I've been Christina. I've, I've been Julia, but I'm still Julia. <laughs> and always remember to let the good dice roll.